You're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. We all agree that the 9-11 workers, physicians, and other emergency responders were heroic in their efforts to recover from the disaster and begin the slow process of rebuilding. How then can it be possible that the program to provide health screening for these workers has repeatedly been interrupted due to government mix-ups? For the first five months of this year, the WTC Federal Responder Screening Program did not do any screening because there was a change in the administration of the program and nobody made sure that the program would continue to operate during the change. And it's not the first time this kind of thing has happened. From April 2006 until March 2007, special diagnostic services were suspended because somebody forgot to include that in a contract with a new provider. This can affect the health and welfare of the workers we so glibly refer to as heroes. And it's also resulting in the loss of valuable data that's critical for understanding the health consequences of the 9-11 disaster and possibly the consequences of the next disaster we face wherever that may be. These failings in the program are pointed out in a new report from the U.S. Government Accountability Office, or GAO, which reviewed the program. In a report to Congress, the GAO said that the Health and Human Services Department must do more to ensure that this program continues and HHS has not challenged the accuracy of the report. Here to talk to us about it is Cynthia Bassetta, the GAO's Director of Healthcare and the person who signed off on this report. Ms. Bassetta leads the GAO's work on disaster preparedness and response. She's reviewed the federal response to Hurricane Katrina, the effectiveness of veteran administration's health care, and all kinds of things. Welcome to the program, Ms. Bassetta. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So how did this report come about? Who asked for it? Well, Congressman Shays, who is the chairman of the committee, and it was joined by uh, Congressman Maloney and Congressman Vasella. They have had a long-standing interest in this area. Congressman Shays, when he was chairman of the committee, held four hearings, which we testified at. So this report is uh, one in a series of a body of work that we have been doing for him and others in the New York delegation. I found this report uh, surprising and really rather distressing. These are people that we especially value, and, and not only do we value them in a heartfelt way, but our political rhetoric surrounds them all the time with heroic status, and yet we've let them fall astray, and more than once. You're exactly right, and it's very disappointing to um, have reported repeatedly on these failures to attend to their needs. Our prior hearings had titles like, Monitoring has progressed, but not for federal responders. Monitoring has progressed, but program for federal responders lags behind, and so on and so forth. So there has been a long history of HHS simply not getting its act together from day one on doing what needs to be done to assure that uh, screening and monitoring services are provided. In particular, our report points out that the program for federal responders was never even designed to provide monitoring exams. They are entitled to screening examinations, which may lead to some diagnostic services if a problem is determined, but uh, the program was not designed to provide any monitoring uh, follow-up exams for those workers. And one of our recommendations in this report is to assure that every responder gets the monitoring that they need, not only for their own health and well-being, but for the uh, research base that is so important to determine what the health effects have been and will be in the future of these exposures. Now, when you talk about responders, who are we talking about and how many of them are there? Well, unfortunately, there is actually no 
complete and accurate estimate of the number of responders. We know that about 14,500 firefighters and about 13,000 other responders, police, and then an array of people who were on the site, construction workers and other other workers like that, are being screened and monitored in programs that are existing. There is an estimate of roughly 10,000 additional federal employees. Those are federal workers who were on official orders to go to New York to assist in the cleanup. 10,000? That's the estimate. That's a lot. We don't have a... (laughs) It it certainly is. And most of them did not reside in the New York area. HHS actually spent about uh, half a million dollars trying to reconstruct who was actually on the site with a variety of outreach methods, but they weren't satisfactory. So we would guess that uh, 10,000 is you know, not an unreasonable number. And these are what kinds of people? What did they do at the cleanup? They did everything from assist with the uh, removal of the debris to uh, search and rescue, all kinds of administrative work that needed to be done in and around the vicinity. Okay, so from a variety of federal agencies with with different kinds of expertise that they brought to the situation? That's correct. Now, what kinds of health conditions are we concerned about in this rather large group? Well, the predominant health effects that was apparent right away were uh, very severe respiratory effects. There is actually a syndrome that has been named the World Trade Center cough, and that is a very debilitating condition. In addition, because of the uh, toxic nature of the debris that was inhaled, many of the responders have gastroesophageal problems. And in addition to those physical health effects, there has been a significant increase in the numbers of responders who are continuing to have psychological consequences, PTSD and depression. PTSD is post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. Now, the exposures that occurred at the 9-11 site, uh, are we talking, by the way, about Washington and New York or specifically New York? This is about New York. Okay. The chemicals that those people were exposed to, do we agree now on what those are, or is there still dispute and debate about how toxic uh, those fumes might have been? Our report doesn't actually address that, but my understanding from, uh, from other work in GAO is that there, there is agreement as to the nature of the dust that was inhaled, that it was extremely caustic, that there was a lot of pulverized glass um, in the dust as well as an array of metals and solvents and asbestos and, um, you know, anything you can imagine that would have been in construction like that. Now, but this comes against the background of some history of the EPA saying everything was fine and we don't have to worry and as long as workers wear their respirators, they're okay. Uh, Did that turn out to be wrong? Well, again, this is something we didn't address in our report specifically, but I can't speak to EPA uh, because I believe that they were talking about exposures for residents and office workers and weren't as involved in the occupational aspect of it. In that case, OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, would have had jurisdiction, but my understanding is that the city uh, took over. It's a very good question and an important question to know whether or not workers who did wear respirators would have had a reduction in their exposures and less severe effects, but I'm not aware of any data on that. I do know that wearing respirators in those kinds of conditions is typically pretty uncomfortable, and it impedes talking and communicating. And obviously, if you're in a search and rescue situation and in a highly 
emotional situation as that was, you can understand where many workers may not have had their respirators on all the time. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Washington Health Report Special Report on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. This week, our special report focuses on commemorating the 9-11 tragedy. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. We're talking to Cynthia Bassetta of uh, the Government Accountability Office about the care that 9-11 responders need uh, and are not getting, or at least often not getting when they should be. What kind of money has been uh, made available for screening and diagnosis of these uh, workers? Originally, there was about $90 million made available for screening and monitoring. After that, another special appropriation of $50 million was uh, made available. And of that, about $15 million additional dollars were for screening and monitoring. And the rest was intended for treatment. This was the first time that federal money was made available for treatment. Prior to that, uh, all of the treatment funds had been uh, coming from the Red Cross. Okay. And uh, has that been enough money? Did you address that in your report? We didn't directly address whether it was enough. Our work showed that providers are, of course, concerned about having enough money in the future. The monitoring money should be enough through 2009. The treatment money actually uh, was supposed to be sufficient through the end of this fiscal year, and there is another appropriation, as I understand it, to continue treatment funding. The president's budget for 2008 includes another $25 million for treatment. But the $1,000 question is, uh, what will the treatment costs be in the future over the next, you know, three years, five years, ten years? And our other finding in this report is that right now HHS doesn't have a reliable cost estimate. Some of this is because we simply don't know what other health effects might emerge, but some of it is because HHS had not until very recently asked its grantees to provide actual cost data. They are doing that now, and we're hopeful that over the next year they will have a better handle on what the treatment costs will be. There are many tens of millions of dollars in this. This is a big program, which deepens my concern about how it's gone awry. Now, the, you, you identified in your report at one point there was a change in the administration and programs weren't continued. At another point, contracts uh, weren't done appropriately, whether somebody drew up the wrong contract or forgot to do something. How does a program of this magnitude, which must have involved many people, make those kinds of mistakes? You know, uh, most of us manage to pay our bills on time and, uh, and uh, things change and we hang in there. What the heck happened? That's a very good question. Given the nature of the, uh, of the need and the fact that one would hope that um, we would treat these responders as well as we possibly could because in the future, you know, who is going to respond if the precedent they're looking at is the way the 9-11 workers have been treated so far. All I can say is that it appears that um, there were lots of bureaucratic reasons why things fell through the cracks, but uh, that's certainly not a good excuse. Now, how do we prevent this kind of thing from happening again? What is your prescription for how to make this run better? You know, I don't know that we have one right now. We are working on a report at this time looking at lessons learned and GAO has done a body of work resulting from our analyses of the situation in New Orleans and the Gulf Coast for Katrina. And most of the lessons or most of the ways to prevent these kinds of things from happening in the past are attention to both preparedness and response and recovery. 
And um, you mentioned specifically in the report, this latest report, that HHS uh, did not challenge your findings. Has that been the case with the earlier reports? What has the agency said in response to the things you've uncovered? They've concurred with all our findings. (laughs) End of story. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, Well, that doesn't seem good enough, does it? No, it, it certainly isn't. Well, we'll have to close on that uh, somewhat ominous and, uh, and disturbing note. We've been talking to Cindy Bassetta of the Government Accountability Office about 9-11 workers, the health care screening and monitoring they're supposed to receive and are not always getting. Thanks for being with us, Ms. Bassetta. Thank you. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. You have been listening to a special Washington Health Report on the anniversary of 9-11 on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. If you have comments and questions, please send us an email. The address is xm at reachmd.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.